the media department can throw Joshua chapter 7 verse 13 up on the screen. If you want to turn there in your Bible, that would be wonderful as well. Joshua chapter 7 verse number 13 says, Up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. Somebody say tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God... Wow, I feel that really strong. Say that again, tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until thou take away the accursed thing from among you. Verse 14, In the morning, somebody say, in the morning. Therefore ye shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord hath taken shall come according to the families thereof. And the family which the Lord shall take shall come by households, and the household which the Lord shall take shall come by it shall come man by man. And it shall be that he that is taken with the accursed thing shall be burnt with fire and all that he hath. Because he transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he hath wrought folly in Israel. Verse 19. And Joshua says to Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done, hide it not from me. Proverbs 28 and verse number 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. He that confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And I want to just hearken back to that, that little phrase in Joshua 7 and verse 19 where Joshua says to Achan, Make confession unto the Lord. But my title today is, When Confession Comes Too Late. I do not normally preach this way, but I feel a strong unction from the Holy Ghost to talk to you about when confession comes too late. Can you one more time lift your hands unto the Lord and talk to Him for a little bit? God, I love you. Will you tell him right now, Father, I give you permission to tear down every wall in my heart. I give you permission to tear down every wall that I've built. I give you permission, God, I am vulnerable before you today. I pray, Father, that you will speak to us as we have an open mind and a heart to receive your word. Let the word go forth today mixed with faith and let the word go forth with signs following. I pray, mighty God, that you will speak through me exactly what you want spoken. Let your anointing destroy the yoke of bondage today and everything be set free that is bound by the yoke of fear and by the enemy of this world. I thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. And with that, you can be seated. Jericho was the greatest military conquest over the greatest enemy in the strongest city in all of the promised land. It came by way of a pretty strange battle plan. Joshua and the children of Israel crossed over a dry Jordan River, went to Gilgal, and, they, and when they were at Gilgal, they re-entered covenant with the Lord as all of the males that were, 
that were born in the wilderness were circumcised unto the Lord and they re-entered into covenant. And God said, I have now rolled away all of the transgression and your trespasses from the wilderness. And so uh, at Gilgal, they began to get a battle plan against Jericho. And it says that Jericho had had walls that were high. In fact, Brother Brad, historians say that Jericho was not encompassed by one wall, but that it was encompassed by two great walls. And had, had there been an attack made by the Israelites, if they had scaled the first wall, they would have been in what we might call a no man's land, stuck between two walls. And the people of Jericho, the military defense of Jericho, would have just been able to pick them off right there in that no man's land. And so God gave them what would appear to the natural man as a strange battle plan. He spoke to Joshua and he says, Joshua, I want you to take the men with their ram's horns, the trumpets, if you would. They, I want you to take the trumpets and, and I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant and I want you to take the armed men and I want you to go to Jericho, this great city, and march around Jericho once a day. And, and as you do so, Joshua, I want you to make sure you don't say anything. Don't let any of the folks talk. I think the reason that he didn't want anybody to talk was because they just said, bro, this ain't going to work. And so the commandment of the Lord was, for these seven days, you're not to speak a word. But for six days, you're going to encompass this city. And then on the seventh day, you're going to circle this city seven times. And whenever Joshua says to do so, you're going to blast on those trumpets. And you're going to shout because God has given you the victory. And that's exactly the way that it happened. They marched around those, those walls. And those walls, as the song says, came on tumbling down. A strange battle plan. But it also had some strange instructions for after the walls fell. See, God had told the children of Israel, you're going to go into Canaan. And when you're there, you're going to possess houses that you didn't build. You're going to go in and you're going to have vineyards that you didn't plant and olive yards you didn't plant. You're going to enjoy the things that Canaan has to offer. You're going to plunder everything. He didn't say everything, but he said you're going to plunder what is there. It's going to become yours. And so that was obviously what the Israelites had in mind. But God said when you go to Jericho after those walls fall down, He said you are not to touch any of that stuff. It is to be devoted unto the Lord. In fact, Joshua 6.18, it says, Keep yourselves from the accursed thing. When you take of the accursed thing, you, you will make yourselves accursed and, and, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. He said in verse 19, All the silver, all the gold, all the vessels of brass and of iron are consecrated unto the Lord, and they shall come unto the treasury of the Lord. Whenever he talked about the accursed thing, that just means it was to be devoted unto God. Everything that was in Jericho was devoted unto God. Now you're going to conquer other cities and everything you possess is going to belong to you. But today, this first battle, this first victory, it all belongs to God. And so they encompassed the city and the walls fell flat just like uh, it, God said it would happen. But after those walls fell flat... There was a man named Achan. Is it okay if we just have Bible study class today? Can we tell Bible stories? There was a man named Achan, and he was along with the crowd. He marched around just like everybody else. 
He heard the instructions just like everybody else. He shouted just like everybody else. But when the walls fell down and he went in and they were going to slaughter the entire city but leave everything, uh, the, the, all the gold, all the silver, everything belonged to God. As he made his way into that city, he saw a wedge of gold. And he saw silver. He saw some, some fine Babylonian threads in one of the tents there in Jericho. Whenever he saw that stuff, he, he grabbed it up, he hid it, he took it back to his tent, and he buried it under the floor of his tent. All unbeknownst to Joshua and the rest of the children of Israel. So after this great victory at Jericho, the next dot on the map was this little town named Ai. Now Jericho was great. Jericho was massive. Jericho was imposing. But Ai, he was just a little town. And the scouts went out and they said, Joshua, AI, man, it ain't nothing. Look what we just did. We'll just send a couple thousand guys out there. We'll whoop up on them and no problem. We don't even need to waste our time getting everybody all, all riled up. We'll just send a few folks out there. It'll be no problem. God's going to give us a victory there too. And the Bible says that I think it was 3,000 men went out. And they went to AI and they made war against AI. And a few of those men from AI came out. And they chased them out of town. 36 Israelites died in this short battle as they turned their backs to their enemies and they hightailed it out of there. And Joshua, as religious leaders tend to do, fell on his face and said, Oh! Why'd you do this to us, God? You can go back and read this. He didn't say it exactly like that. He said, God, did you just bring us here to get embarrassed? Yeah, he's, now picture him. He's laying on his face. It says he rent his garment and he fell down on his face and he's, he's praising God. Well, uh, this is going to be bad, God. You know, like God doesn't know what's going on, you know. He's like, God, this is going to be a bad press release. Oh, people are going to hear that, that your people turned their backs and that they, they, they got run out of Ahi. God! I know none of you have ever prayed anything like that. He's laying there on his face and he's, you know, he's just squalling because, because, man, God, you're making me look bad, you know. Here I am, the leader. And he said, you're making me look bad. He's distraught. He's praying this prayer in Joshua chapter 7. And in Joshua chapter 7 verse 10, God speaks to him. And he says, get thee up, wherefore liest thus upon thy face. Israel has sinned, and they have transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they have taken the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. This is, I think it's one of two places in the Bible where God tells somebody to stop praying. He's down there on his face and he's praying and God says, what are you down there praying for? Get up. There is a sin problem. You know, you don't have to pray about whether you should get out of sin. 
You don't have to consult God. Should I get this out of my life or not? You don't, you don't even have to, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to give it a second thought. You don't have to ask God about it. You just need to clean it up. Because when God's on your side, Jericho can fall. But when we embrace sin, even Ai can whip us. Because as, as God gave supernatural power in the victory in Jericho, God gave supernatural weakness in the loss at Ai. God help us. We have got to be in alignment with His program. We have got to be in alignment with, it, with what He wants to do. And I don't want to embrace anything He doesn't want us to embrace. And so He says... Uh, Joshua, this is where we pick up our scripture text. He says, all right, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. Tell the people, elbow your neighbor and say, Joshua had a press conference. He says, Joshua, I want you to tell the people there is sin in the camp. I want you to tell them that tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow in the morning. Here's what we're going to do. And so Joshua, he, he, he gets up on his little podium. And I, I don't know if he had a press secretary or if he made the announcement himself. But Joshua got up and he said, tomorrow morning. Uh, see, God says there's, there's sin in the camp. Somebody took of the accursed thing. And so here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, all the congregation is going to assemble here. And we're going to take the tribe that's guilty. And we're going to narrow it down. And we're going to take the family out of that tribe and then we're going to narrow that family down. We're going to take the household. And then somehow God is going to point out the end. Of, can, let me pause here for a second. We aren't going to do that today. Let me also say something else. I don't believe that there is a... Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not here to try to point out sin in the camp. But I do think we better evaluate ourselves on an individual basis. Because that's what Achan should have been doing. When this press conference came out, he should have been thinking, Ooh, he could be talking about me. <laughs> In fact, I think he was. I think Achan heard the announcement. And Achan went home. Achan knew there was, there was some stuff in his tent that shouldn't be there. But Morrissey knew that there was some stuff buried under his bed that shouldn't be there. Now, I don't know if, if Mrs. Aiken knew. Hey, by the way, the Aiken's name means trouble. So, man, who names their kid trouble? That's a great mom right there. I think I'll name you trouble. I don't know if Mrs. Aiken knew what was hidden under the tent. I don't know if Aiken's kids knew what was hidden under the tent. I don't know. I don't know if there was any other human being alive that knew what was buried under Aiken's tent. But Aiken knew. And Aiken goes home that evening. And Aiken's got to lay down and go to sleep that night. I don't know if Aiken slept well. I don't, I don't know if Achan tossed and turned. I don't know if in the forefront of Achan's consciousness, he knew tomorrow could be bad. 
But Achan, he goes home and he sleeps on it. There is a terrible danger in sleeping on it. Achan goes home, and maybe these were the thoughts that he had. I could get right with God today, but maybe I'll sleep on it. See, I told you I don't preach very much like this, but I, I want to I deal with some things today. Achan, he goes home, and, and, and then, verse number 19, so, so here's what happens. They, they do just exactly what God told Joshua they were going to do. Joshua gets up that morning, assembles everybody to the, I don't know, the tabernacle door or something. They all show up in the same place. And Joshua, through the leading of the Holy Ghost, says, um, the tribe of Judah, everybody else can go home. And then he says, uh, the family of so-and-so. Everybody else step back. And then he, then he picks out another head of, the, of a household. He says, uh, you guys right here, there's a problem right here. Everybody else can kind of step back. And he continues to pare down the crowd until his finger falls on Achan. And he says, son, make confession unto the Lord. Pray, he says, give glory unto the Lord and make confession unto Him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And then Achan comes clean. He's, he, he begins to... Forgive me for using all these euphemisms. He comes clean. He spills his guts. He says, you got me. He said, I have indeed sinned against the Lord God of Israel. This is what I've done. I saw this goodly Babylonian garment. I saw 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold. I coveted them. I took them and I hid them in the earth underneath my tent. And Joshua sent messengers to the tent. And they went and they tracked it down. They uncovered the, the stash and they found it. And they ran back. So Joshua, here it is. We found the accursed thing. His confession was true. And it says in Joshua and all Israel... With him took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment, the golden wedge, and his daughters and his oxen and his donkeys and his sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought him to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? And the Lord shall trouble thee this day. And they stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with stones. See, we were shouting a little bit ago. Just everybody check your watch here real quick and pretend. See, here's here's the deal. We've all got a little bit of Achan in us. It started with Adam. Adam eats of that forbidden fruit. God says, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Like he didn't know. Where are you at, Adam? It's time for us to go for a walk together. And Adam says, I hid myself. Because I was naked. We've all got a little bit of Adam in us. We've all got a little bit of Achan in us. When you were a kid, you know you did it. We could have confession right now, couldn't we, Brother Tommy? You know you broke mama's whatever and you hid that thing. You know you did, but you hid it. How many will confess right now, I did it and I am guilty? You know you did it and you hid it from mama. 
You know you did it and you hid it from dad. Now how many did that? You covered your sin. They go find out. Because here's what we think in our stupid little kid brains. That's right, little kids, I said that. We think, he'll never find out. Like, I got all kinds of stories going through my head of what I did when I was a kid. I don't know if anybody else, it's under the blood. You know you did it. You hit it. Parents does not me live at your house because he lives at my house too and he does all kinds of stuff. Who left the milk on the counter? Not me. Who let him back in? You know you did. You, you hid it because you thought dad will never know. But then, but then confrontation comes. Right? Confrontation comes. And they, and they say, uh, uh, do you know what happened to mom's antique chicken on top of the refrigerator and you're like I, I, I don't have any idea did you break it no no the problem is we can sometimes get away with that with our earthly mom and dad but our heavenly father sees it all whenever he came to Adam he wasn't coming to Adam to punish him but he was coming to Adam to confront him about his transgression now let's talk about mom and dad for just a minute how many of you parents just wave at me if you're a parent how many of you parents have said if you had just said this to your children, if you had just told me, if you would just have told me the truth to start with, I would not be as mad. And you would not be in as much trouble. And the backside of your lap would feel better. If you had just confessed before the time of judgment came. And Joshua let everybody in the camp know, tomorrow we're going to deal with this. Tomorrow morning there is going to be a trial. And I already know the outcome of the trial. Tomorrow there is going to be judgment. And Achan foolishly went home and kept silent. I don't know what would have happened in Aiken's case if he would have waited till the crowd kind of, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, dissolved and he would have come up to Joshua later and said, hey bro, uh, some gold and there's some silver, there's some, there's some stuff in my tent, I, I, I need to let you know it's me. I, I don't know what would have happened in the Old Testament, under the law. I don't know if somehow he would have found mercy that day. But I do know in the New Testament, 
if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins. But I also need to make a public announcement. And that is this. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And everyone we will receive the things done in our body according to that which we have done, whether it be good or bad. There will be a day, according to, to Philippians chapter 2, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There is going to be a day, Brother Tommy, where we don't have a choice because somebody is going to point a finger at us and say, Thou art the man. Somebody say tomorrow. I have till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. I have till tomorrow. I don't know how far away tomorrow is. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Sister Rachel, he's not just coming. Tell us. Shout it as loud as you can. He's on his way. Tell us again. Can we lift our hands right now? Let that sink in. Jesus. And so very quickly, I want to ask you today, do you have anything buried in your tent? Have you buried lust in your tent that nobody knows about? Have you buried bitterness and unforgiveness in your tent that nobody knows about? Jesus, help us. Brother Barry talked about unforgiveness on Wednesday night. And if you didn't hear it, you need to hear it today. If we've got unforgiveness in our heart, He will not hear our prayer. He will not hear our repentance. If we've got unforgiveness in our heart, we've got to get it out. If it's buried, we need to uncover it and confess it. God, help us. If we've got hatred in our heart, we've got to uncover it, confess it, and get it out. Because He's coming. Jesus, help us. God, help us. I don't want to have anything buried. If I've got unforgiveness, if I've got bitterness, if I've got lust, if I've got any kind of sin, I need to get it out of my heart. I need to get it out of my house. I need to get it out of my mind. I need to get it out of my life. I've got to uncover it because he that covereth his sin will hurt for it. I'll read it again. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he that forsaketh and confesseth it shall have mercy. I don't know about anybody else, but I think I'm, full of, I'm, I'm in a room full of people that need the mercy of God. God I, 
Do you know what mercy is? Mercy is God's response to you doing what you know you shouldn't have done and Him forgiving it anyway. But He can only extend us mercy when we first confess. God, I did it. God, it's in me. God, I need rid of this. But I've got to confess it because there's going to come a day where it's too late to confess. Yeah, Achan spilled his guts. Yeah, Achan came clean. But when he came clean, it was too late. And every one of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of the Lord. And He is going to require us to confess all of the deeds that we've done in this body. Judgment will come to every individual. Peter writes and he says that there will be scoffers in the last days walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of His coming? In other words, every, uh, in the last days there's going to be people that say, you've been talking about Jesus is going to come and He ain't come yet. I don't think He's really coming. He says, uh, they, they scoff, they walk after their own lusts and their desires. And, they, and it says this, for this they are willingly ignorant. We should elbow somebody beside you real lightly and say, don't be ignorant. You've got to say it like you're from West Virginia, don't be ignorant. Not ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Don't be dumb. He says, of this they are willingly ignorant. Then verse number 8. He says this again, but beloved, be not ignorant. Aren't you so glad God don't want us to be dumb? He admonishes us over and over again, don't be dumb. Don't be ignorant. You think it's been forever since He said He's coming back, but don't be ignorant. Because a thousand days with the Lord is as but a day, or a thousand years is as a day, and, and a day is as a thousand years. In other words, time don't matter to God. Don't be ignorant. Tell them again, don't be ignorant. For the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. In other words, He's going to do what He said He's going to do, but, uh, but He is long-suffering to usward. In other words, He's very patient toward us. Not Willing, not desiring that any man should perish. Why has it been so long? Since Because He's given you a chance. He's given me a chance. He's given you a chance that we might repent. That we could come to repentance. Then He goes on and He says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also with the works therein shall be burned up. I would much rather be preaching about signs, wonders, and miracles. I would much rather be talking about, about Sister Sylvia being delivered from, from, from addiction to prescription. Or she wasn't addicted. I don't, I don't mean to say that. I, I'd much rather be talking about her being freed from depression and anxiety. I'd much rather be talking about that. But we've got to hear this today. God, let an old-fashioned conviction grip our hearts today. God, let an old-fashioned fear of the Lord grip our hearts today. We are not promised, we're not promised the next breath. We're definitely not promised tomorrow. But we are promised this, that tomorrow there is going to be judgment.
He said, in the morning, there... We sing the song and it's a celebration. One glad morning we shall see Jesus in the air. He is going to come in the morning. I don't know if it's tomorrow morning, but He's going to come. We've got to make sure our hearts are clean when He comes. We are not promised tomorrow. Why don't you stand to your feet? I've been preaching long enough. We should have probably had an altar call after Sister Rachel spoke. But we are not even promised tomorrow. Will you lift your hands? Wherever you are right now, will you lift your hands? I want you for just a moment, just as, as, you're, as you're meditating or talking to the Lord, I want you to imagine yourself there on that day when Joshua spoke and he said, tomorrow there's going to be judgment. That whole crowd. Brother Brad, I can just imagine if I would have been in that crowd, I would have been searching my heart. I wouldn't have been looking around. I, I know how some of us are. I wouldn't have been looking around like, Josh is preaching to that dude right over there. Hmm. Because whoever was found guilty, whoever God pointed out, he was going to be stoned with stones and burnt with fire. And it wasn't just going to be him. It was going to be his children. It was going to be his family. It was going to be his entire house. It was going to be all of his possessions. They were going to be stoned with stones and burnt with fire. I think, Sister Stacy, if I had been, I would like to think, if I had been standing in that crowd that day, I would have started on some what uh, uh, is called introspection. As the Apostle Paul said, let a man examine himself, take inventory. God, is there anything in me that's not right? Because whenever it comes to the judgment seat, I want to hear you say, well done. I want to hear you say, well done. Well, this coming's a long time off, I know. I know, I know. Pat, I'm going to say it again. There's only so many Sundays till the rapture. We have a limited number of Sundays till the rapture. We better make every day count. Jesus is coming. I don't know. It's been 10 or 12 years ago now. Probably longer than that. Maybe 15 years ago. We had a lady come to church. Not here. It was in Greenberg County. She came to church and it just like everybody that comes to church, it was obvious she had some issues she needed to deal with. Maybe more complicated than, than what some of us in this room deal with. Maybe less complicated than what some of us deal with. i just come back from Salt Lake City, and so I was fired up about giving Bible studies. And so went to this lady after church and said, Hey, my wife and I, we would love to teach you a Bible study. Can we teach you a Bible study? And, and she said, yeah, yeah, you can come by. I think it was on a Friday. Maybe it was a Monday. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, so uh, the day of the Bible study, I called her up. And I, I said, we still on for Bible study? I have since stopped doing that. All you Bible study teachers out there, don't call them and ask them if we're still on for Bible study unless you're really sure they're coming. That's, a, that's an old salesman trick. <laughs> you call them five minutes before you get there and say, I'm almost there. 
But I called her up and she said, no, it's, it's not, I, I can't do it that day. Can, can we move it to Friday? I said, yeah, yeah, we can, we can move it to Friday. That's fine. And I, I knew she's lying to me. Y'all know when people are lying to you. So we moved it to Friday. And, and uh, this time I didn't call. I just went to her house. And I can take you to her house in Rain Hill today. Knocked on the door. Sister Angie and I were there. Knocked on the door. Nobody's home. And, uh, and just, trying to, just trying to teach her the word of God. Just trying, to, just trying to help her get free from the things that had her bound. Just trying to help her get to heaven, you know. No, she wasn't there. Sometimes, has anybody ever been in like door-to-door sales or, or, or had appointments and you, you kind of know when somebody's dodging you? Okay. Well, you know, felt like she was dodging me. I don't remember if it was next, the next Monday or Saturday night. She got in a fight with her boyfriend she stepped out in front of a coal truck we're not promised tomorrow she bypassed her opportunity to get right with God I don't know how many times God had knocked on her heart I don't know how many times God had pulled for her but I know my experience at least twice mercy knocked on her door mercy rang her phone mercy came running to her let's do what Joshua did can we all just come to the front of this church if there's room you can kneel if there's not room you can stand but I think we should I'm I'm not going to point out anybody we're not going to go through that process but I think we all ought to come to the front of this church and assemble together. Lift our voice to the Lord. God, I want to confess some things I've got buried. I want to confess some things that are in my house that shouldn't be there. I want to uncover those things and I want to, I want to forsake them. If nothing's coming to your mind, God bless you. Why don't you spend some time asking God if there's anything that He needs to clean out of your house. God, is there anything in my life I need to get rid of? Is there any sin that I'm holding on to? Do I have bitterness?